Hello and welcome to the Dicebreaker Podcast episode 11. I am Editor-in-Chief Matt Jarvis, I'm joined by three of the team this week, I'm joined by staff writer Alex Meehan. How are you doing Alex? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing because Will did a pose that looked like <laughs> he was frightened caught. By- the in arrival of the podcast. My God! <laughs> you look, you look like when my cat, when when we go into the bathroom, my cat's just sitting in the bath and it like turns around and was like. <laughs> you always catch them in the middle of something, don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. No. Sorry, carry on, man. <laughs> Mia, yeah, yeah. how are you doing? Uh, I am doing okay. It's June and the weather is terrible, so everything's normal as to be expected. <laughs> uh. We're also joined by video producer Alex Lowlies. How are you doing, Alex? Hi. No, I can't refer to you both as Alex because that's going to get incredibly confusing. I realised that I immediately went against the the Dicebreaker style guide for Alex's. Rule one of Dicebreaker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nobody gets to be Alex on this team. We're just our surnames. We all go by surname apart from Johnny and Matt Jarvis. You have to say both names. Yeah. (laughs) It's very simple. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty good actually. I feel like um, I have been quite down lately, and I'm finally on an upward trajectory. So I'm feeling positive for the first time in a, in a while. So I'm here to to bring that positivity to you guys and the world. Excellent. Woo! And completing this week's podcast lineup is Michael Wheel and Wheels. Hello, hello, guys. Michael Wheel and Wheels, which is apparently now the format of my name. <laughs> if I have to be Mr. Matt Jarvis and everything, Mr. I, Matt Jarvis is you a, have to be Michael Wheel and Wheels. It's a prestigious way to be called. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's just honouring. Just honouring you. It's all. It's all out of affection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and well thank you for joining us if you're listening uh, obviously before we start rolling with the board game talk and tabletop RPG kind of nattering uh, we hope everyone's staying safe out there mm-hmm. um, whatever your situation may be at the moment whether it's due to the pandemic or if you're participating in protests thank you um, or if you're unable to participate in lending your support um, and helping people be heard or, or giving your own voice you know, we hope you're, you're staying safe out there um, and obviously stand with everyone standing for the right things at the moment um look after yourselves you know wash your hands um and also just yeah look out for others around you um but uh we will roll on with some board game news and hopefully bring a a little bit of a light spot um to uh well to what's going on at the moment into the Um, immense shadow that is existence (laughs) we are in yeah Yeah. we will be the equivalent of uh, Gandalf the White riding in on Shadowfax. Uh, with a gleaming star. Yeah, with a gleaming... Except we won't be doing anything useful. We're going to ride in and look really good and then go home. <laughs> no, we're definitely more the, the type of Gandalf who sits there and smokes smokes the pipe. Mm. Oh gosh. Yeah. Which is part of his staff. Did you see this whole thing going around where people were discovering for the first time? In the yes. films that he, he keeps his pipe tucked in the top of his uh, stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Very cool. I mean, that's that's mm. down to costume design at the end of the the day, isn't it? And that's that's very. Well, it, it was in the books as well. Oh, is it? Worth saying. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. well, how so there was a load of people being like, "All right, then? you clearly haven't read the Lord of the Rings." I no, I, I haven't. haven't. I own I own them, but I have not yet read them. <laughs> it's just a load of. 
people, you know, doing Singing. the regular thing of, oh, the books are, you know, whatever. Yeah, but um, how come people have only discovered it now then, if it was already in the books? I don't know. It's one of those internet things. Mass? People probably <laughs> discussed it 10 years ago or 20 years ago when the films first came out. And now people are, um, you know, circling background to it. Uh, cool. It's the internet. <laughs> mm. I thought Wills had frozen for a moment, but Wills is just deep in deep in concentration. I was suddenly yeah. concerned. I was um, I was looking at the. Um, I was basically. I normally I alt tab to the podcast document which we use to with like the running order of the games we're playing. But I've realised I'm recording on this screen, so I'm having to get it up on my phone. That's all. That's what I was doing. <laughs> I thought uh, you were thinking about where you put your pipe on your staff, Wills. Oh, wow. No, you have. <laughs> Please. Phrasing. What? It's a perfectly all right question. <laughs> let's move on, shall Yeah, we? let's move on. Wills, what have you been playing at the moment? Well, according to this list that I wrote, I've been playing um, I've been playing a lot of solo RPGs, which we were briefly talking about before the, um, the podcast started. I think we actually have a question that sort of references that. Yeah, so I pulled out a question from Callum uh, on Twitter. Thank you, Callum. Um, who asked... Uh, what's a good entry point for pen and paper role playing if you're a bit of a loner and want to play alone? Yeah, so we um, so quite recently, obviously, if you're watching this at the time that the podcast has just gone out, then this is still going to be, um, I think, the the second one that we're talking about is still accessible. But there are two bundles going around right now, uh, which are full of solo RPGs, um, both of which are supporting NAACP um, as well as like bail relief funds and stuff like that for the for the general Black Lives Matter movement. Um, it's something that we instantly jumped in on because like, the, not only is the list of games amazing, but obviously the course is amazing. Um, but there's there's two that, that sort of like grab my attention straight away. Um, one by, and I'm actually going to get his name up because I feel like uh, we should probably <laughs> give a shout out to the person who set it up. Um, one was by a lovely gentleman who I tweeted about yesterday. Oh God, where is he? Um, oh, name? is this Kurt Potts? Is Kurt Potts, yes, sorry. Kurt Potts is um, an RPG designer. Um, he's like around in the space, obviously knows a few people and, and got together with a few friends or colleagues to put together a, like three bundles on his birthday, which were all um, like all the proceeds were going towards BLM. Um, there is one that's like high fantasy, one that's... Um, a bit more quirky, and then the the third one is solo RPGs, all four of which were absolutely fascinating, so that was the one that I picked up. I've never really played solo RPGs at all in my life, I don't think you have even, Matt, like, it was not ever something that really occurred to me, but, like, they're all really, really cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you, like, I've, I've kind of dabbled in them here and there, but mostly the role-playing I've done is with other people. I think the, the situation at the moment is one of those things where it's kind of inspired me to I'm playing a lot more RPGs than I was already, but also looking at ways of doing it outside of, you know, having to get a load of people together. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, going through that, um, so they're, both the bundles are on Itch. Yeah. Um, and like you say, the, the, it's called the Itch Bundle for Racial Justice and Equality. Um, and as Will says, like, it's an incredible you know, cause and it is an incredible. I think there's over a thousand games now, so it's and a yeah, it's video there's games, RPGs, video games, yeah, there's everything in there. There's there's some tools as well. There's yeah. loads of asset packs if you're like looking to get into game development. Like there's so much stuff in there. You can pay as much as you want. I think the minimum donation is five dollars, um, but every cent goes towards um, bail funds and and uh, NAACP. And yeah, it's 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 a really amazing thing that's happening right now. Which if you're listening to this at the time where it's where it's uh, still live, I think there's another like week or so that's uh, for. I think as of the time of this going up which will be June the 12th it runs for another 
two or three days so it runs until roughly the week of the 15th of june um but again you know that's if you're able to pick up the bundle fantastic if not maybe check out some of the games that we chat about and just obviously make donations and support black lives matter and the naacp and local bail funds there's a collective donation link going around uh, we've put it on the dosebreaker social and on the website as well um mm-hmm. and it's easy to seek that stuff out so yeah absolutely whether you're you know just picking up the bundle by itself but obviously donate to those places um support but also check out some of these games mm. separately um, as part of that as well but with that in mind uh i have been playing um a game called gentleman bandit in which you play as the eponymous gentleman bandit who is basically like a an old guard highwayman in in the wild west who is like super eloquent as he asks to like ask for you to get out the carriage and give him all your money. Um, but then whenever he gets in a fight and someone dies, he leaves a thirteen line poem on the body of the person who dies. Um, so to to do that, you you play with a deck of cards, you draw out thirteen playing cards. And the suit will give you um, like a sort of motif, which could be like love or fear or something like that. Um, and then the value of the card will give you the matter. So it will give you like a prompt question for you to like answer as part of that line of the poem. Um, and then there's a general sort of like overlying theme that you're writing about based on uh, either the last one that you did. You can get like a poker hand from it and it gives you like the initial position that you're writing about. Or you like there's a few different game modes, one of which which I'm really fascinated about and I think I want to do for the channel. Um if you guys are interested, please please feel free to jump in on this. You get, I think, nine players, and every single one of them writes one of the poker hands um uh poems, and then you plot them out either from the highest value to the lowest value, which would be like a, a riches to ruin story, or you plot them from the lowest value to the highest value, which would be a rags to riches story. So like you, everyone's writing them in isolation, but you see the story of the bandit evolve because you're all basically playing the same character. They're always kind of intertwined, which is really really fascinating. Um, so there's a lot of those things where it's like, yeah, it's like you're playing a solo RPG, but like that doesn't mean you don't get to interact with other people as well. Like if you've got other people that you want to join in with, um, then you can jump in with that. And I think you were playing the machine as well, which is I was just about to, to bring that up. Yeah, and I know Johnny's been playing it as well. Johnny is yeah. taking some well-earned time off uh, this week, which is why he's not joining us what? on the podcast. Um, we've both been playing The Machine, which is is similar to what we were saying about Gentleman Bandit, in that you you keep a journal, um, mm. and it suggests an actual journal, like a little diary, and you create a character very quickly by picking two or three kind of main evocative words. So I was a penniless, penniless something magician. Um, Those are the exact ones that I picked out when I was looking at the really? book. <laughs> magician. Any chance to just play as a magician. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, it, uh, the premise of the game is you're cursed. Um, and you're cursed with this aspiration of building this kind of machine uh, contraption. Um, but bad news, you're never going to finish it. You're doomed. Um, but the game is basically creating logs in your journal about trying to work towards this machine that starts to kind of haunt your waking memories and uh what you draw cards to uh i think the suits generally determine an emotion so it could be rage it could be jealousy or pride something like that and then the value of the card determines a general kind of event so it could be a breakthrough in discovering what the machine requires or mm-hmm. it could be something kind of in the wider world of this character but once you draw three face cards or ace cards, your character suffers a downfall. So you either die or, you know, you 
whatever happens, but you're unable to continue your work on the machine. But that's where it kind of gets brilliant because the premise of the game is you do that as your character and then you are meant to physically hand on the journal. They suggest kind of posting it in the mail, obviously with the consent of the person you're sending it to, um, to the next no, no, player. No, just send it. <laughs> yeah, don't just I send go it Generally, though, friends. like I think if you've got someone who you know would be into it, I think the, the premise of like receiving an unmarked package with that in would be yeah. the coolest thing that ever happened to me. And the, <laughs> the rules fold up on like a little trifold, almost like a menu. Um, so yeah, yeah obviously, it, it's an intense game. It deals with kind of themes of obsession, of you know, death of all sorts of kind of darker territories. So obviously be aware of that um, mm. when you're getting people involved. But the fact that you you kind of play it in isolation, then you pass it on to someone else. They look at your entries. They have to pick different words to create their character. And then they will continue. It's the same machine. So mm. you've kind of laid out the basis of what they're working towards, but they're inflicted by the same curse. And then at the end of everyone playing it, you read through the book together and then it suggests burning it or burying it or tearing it into bits, <laughs> what have you. Um, but it's this really interesting way of making a solo RPG that you can play by yourself into kind of this shared story, project, like a normal yeah. RPG. Mm. Um, so yeah, I it was really, really impressive and I really enjoyed uh, what I've been playing of it. Yeah, and then apart from that, like I've um, I played one called Ex Novo, which is, and I've got the map with me actually, I think, somewhere here. Yeah. So um, this is one where you like you draw out a map of a fantasy city. So you'll be um, rolling dice and getting events based on the table. So this is the the town of Beslayer, which I I put together, for example. Like, um, like it it, it makes makes you like notice that like you're not going to write something, um, you're not going to draw something that looks really pretty. Just the idea that you map out this space. And then you can go back and like you can make a proper map out of it and use it in RPGs. You can um, you can then like play another map based RPG. Like there's one called um, Beak Feather and Bone, I think, where you like it's a map labeling RPG. So once you've got the layout, you can start to hmm. add flavor on top of that. So like this, that was a really cool project where it was like you can just play this as a collaborative experience. It reminded me of like Icarus, where you're sort of like building up the narrative like of, of a city going through the years and facing events and stuff. Mm, yeah. yeah. Are there um, any crabs in your city worlds? There aren't any crabs. There is a swamp monster. Um, <laughs> however, I did. I have been playing Civilization recently, and I've got loads of crabs next to my city, so that's good. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, like there's. I've been absolutely astounded by the the depth mm. of creativity and the stuff that I've seen, like mainly just in that bundle because that's what the ones that we've been looking at. But just itch.io is such an incredible space for tabletop um, like role playing games as as a whole. Like, there's so many incredible things that. Like because it's such an open software, you can just write something in a Google Doc and, and shove it up in a day. Mm. Like the the limit is kind of like there, there is no limit on on what you can sort of pop up on there. And like I've seen some really really amazing stuff, and I've yeah. been completely like filled with a creative burst and drive to to sort of uh, contribute to it as well. Like it's it's really really cool. I would recommend just having a look at the physical games uh, section of of uh, itch. And like we said, like you can get stuff like Blaze in the Dark in that bundle as well, like yeah. or Lancer. Yeah, um, Lancer. I know that you're sick of Lancer. Mech RPG. I'm itching the, to give it a go. There's that really strange one called Troika, which Troika, is like yeah. A, yeah, a really sort of like like quite colourful and science weird world. fantasy. I think is how they yeah, describe it. I've not played it myself. So. It's got like a Planescape vibe where it's mm. like loads of different realms and stuff like that. But yeah, like absolutely amazing stuff on there. Give it a look mm. um, if you can. Please try and buy the bundle because you know the money goes to a good cause. And also, like 
there's just some incredible stuff in there. Like it's it's worth getting. Yeah, um, I, but will, I will I will stop talking now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, encourage people to go and watch our video as well if they if they're yeah. interested. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. Another thing. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm currently myself and Matt have been scripting a, a solo RPGs list, which will be up on the channel on Sunday, and that's the Sunday coming if you're watching this on the Friday that it goes out. But that will be what the oh god, what day is it? The fourteenth. <laughs> the fourteenth. There we go. The 14th of June. That'll be out. Um, so it might already be up on the channel by the time that you're you're uh, listening or watching to this. Um, listening or watching to. Good. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, but yeah, that's going to have stuff like Gentleman Bandit and Ex Novo and The Machine and all our thoughts, like proper thoughts on it. And little spoiler, or maybe a teaser, I will be reading the first poem I wrote in Gentleman Bandit out in the voice of Pastor John Virtue. So there you oh! go. Nice. <laughs> there it is. So uh, yeah, have a look out for that. All right. Uh, Lolies, let's move on to you. What have you been playing recently? I, mean, follow, I have to follow that. Um, <laughs> I played Yahtzee, Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> right, we've got these like out there solo RPGs, and Lolies, like, right, I'm bringing it back down to the. Uh, no, the I also played. Um, I bought a copy of Patrick about two weeks ago um, from a lovely local board game cafe. Uh, so, been playing that. If you're watching, you can see. Patrick's oh, really good. Me. I really Patrick like Patrick. It's, it's funny because I got it. I really wanted it for ages because like I need more two-player games to play with like my boyfriend. But now there's three of us. Like because we moved house, we've got a housemate now, and now there's three of us. It's we're usually playing the three of us together. So I was like, well, I can't really play Patrick without leaving <laughs> someone out. But I did get around to playing it a couple of times, uh, which is nice. Um, and I've been playing. I played Catan, which I never get to do. And uh, that was good. I won. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason I enjoyed it. But yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I also played it because um, so it's my housemate's copy, and she's also got the expansion Explorers and Pirates, um, mm-hmm. which has a couple of different like uh, ways that you can play it with the expansion. And we played the first one, which is called Landho, uh, where you essentially like discover new land and you can like settle there. Um, and I have to say. Wasn't that impressed with it? Like, it's fine. It's different. But, like, you don't have the robber in it, which was, like... Which actually made a huge difference, I thought. It was just, like, a bit... I can imagine I can imagine them taking out the most aggressive part of Catan not being a favourable change for you. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, I think there's another mode where you can play, like, with pirates, and then that kind of takes the robber back in. So, like, I haven't played the other kind of modes that you can play in that expansion, but that, that initial one, it just felt a bit like... And it wasn't just me, like, um, my boyfriend even, who doesn't play a lot of board games, he was like, oh, I don't know, just felt a bit, felt a bit flat. Uh, I don't know if you guys have have tried that that expansion, but um, that that mode anyway didn't impress me. I, I definitely want to try some of the other ones and see how how they go. But yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing. Just uh, playing some physical board games, which is nice. Haven't been yeah. doing that for a while, you know. So. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just everything tabletop sim for a while. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's one of the things that I wanted to touch on in the solo stuff as well. Like, it's nice to <clears throat> get back to physical things because like, mm. I've been playing loads of RPGs recently, but they've all been on like Roll Twenty or Tabletop Sim or Discord mm. or whatever, and like just having. Like just writing was really nice, and just yeah. rolling dice, and mm. like yeah. ex ex novo uses tokens. So like I got the cubes from Pandemic, and and they were like the the population of the city, and it was just yeah, just yeah. really I've nice to be able to play, physically do things. 
feels like to hold a card. <laughs> it's been 20 years. Here's <laughs> the thing, it's like a lot of them are just played with a deck of playing cards and like a D6, mm. like a six-sided die, so they're like so D6, easy. So. Like I knew you were going to, as soon as he said that, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Alex Meehan, oh, what have you goodness. been playing? <laughs> Oh, uh, I have been playing. Um, I'm really sorry, everyone. Apologies. Please <gasps> forgive me. You've not been play playing Scythe. Oh my Scythe god! This week. <gasps> I know. No! Shut the pod. Shut the podcast down. Cancel it. It's. <laughs> Can't believe it. Can't believe it. You've, you've taken down, the right? only thing that is like that happens Sacred. week to week on the podcast, <laughs> and you've destroyed <laughs> it. You've taken the thread, the strong that has, foundation, yeah. The thread that has been woven through each podcast, and you've just cut through it. <laughs> Look, okay, maybe the the viewers and the listeners just need a break from from the sci-fi update. The- I mean, we needed a break. We didn't get one, so why not? Look, my friends were busy. Couldn't find anyone else to play with at the time. Aww. You know, like, I can't... I'm not playing against the AI, because they just wiped the board with me even more. So, um, may, maybe we'll see a comeback one day. You, you never know. There's something to look forward to. Uh... So instead of Scythe, I've been playing um, Keyforge. Mm-hmm. Um, they released, so Fantasy Flight oh, a little while ago released a selection of free decks for people to download and print. I do not have a printer because, as we all know, printing ink is expensive. <laughs> so, this, yeah. yeah, we all know this. <laughs> um, so, uh, luckily, I managed to find a mod on Tabletop Simulator. Um, yada 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 buy games yada yada um, <laughs> containing those decks so oh, nice. I played with another person uh, this is the first time I played using the, the new mass mutation expansion and there's some interesting things in there it adds like did you get a big dino? Like, uh, sorry? did you get a big dino? no I didn't find the big <sighs> dino in my deck it might big have been dino. in there because I was playing with the Saurian house which are the dinos, but uh, I couldn't find the the big dino in there, no. But um, it did have the cards that had been enhanced with extra bonus, like so when you play them you get extra things, which works interestingly well with some of the other cards that have been added to the decks, because they're playing around more with um, if your card does this as a bonus action, it can also do this, or it can or it can like do this. So they clearly design cards to work with that mechanic so it's not just here's a nice thing you get extra for playing these cards um as with keyforge as it goes like because the decks are randomly generated my deck was okay it was saurian sanctum which they're bringing back with this expansion and they're kind of like paladin warriors uh and the other one was uh, untamed that so I was playing with uh, like the beasts and things and my opponent had Sanctum Dis and another one um, but like I will say this and Wills will not be very happy but I don't think the Saurian house is very good 
I just think that it leans too much. It, no, hear me out. It leans too much on the exalt mechanic, which I don't think is very good. Like, in theory, it's cool. But I just think it it leaves too much open for your opponent to take advantage of. Like, yeah, but that's risk-reward, man. Yeah, but some, the, cards, some cards the exalt force you to exalt. Those, the exalt mechanic, for those of you who haven't played Keyforge before, is a new mechanic they introduced with the Saurian expansion, which I think was... Um, I think it's Worlds Collide. Worlds Collide. Um, so basically it means that when you... Um, there's, a, there's an action in the game from the get-go called Capture, which means that you take one of the um, enemy's resource, which is called Ember, and you put it on one of your cards... And they have to kill that card to get it back so they can spend it. Exalt puts an ember from the supply on your card, but it acts as if it's been captured. So if the if the enemy manages to kill you, they still get that ember, and it wasn't theirs to begin with. So there's a massive risk in the fact that you could be giving your opponent ember by using it. But by exalting, you not only get like special versions of the powers on the cards, but there are certain cards that allow you to take ember off of your cards and put it into They're, your supply. Can I just say, those cards are extremely rare. I was They might be in the like, decks in the new set, but they were like pretty prevalent in, in, the, yeah, in the purple expansion. But, the, so the that, deck, but that might be a balancing thing. The deck I was playing, I didn't come across a single card that allowed me to take that ember off. That might be why you didn't like the exalt mechanic. <laughs> it <laughs> because was like, awful. I've, every time I've played Saurian, they seem to be the most powerful part of the deck. I think the idea of it is cool, but when... Maybe it was just unlucky. Maybe I just wasn't drawing those cards, because I didn't get to the end of my deck, but I was getting there, and I didn't come across any cards that allowed me to take that ember off and put it in my pool. Like, the best I could do was move it around, or, like, move the opponent's ember from their cards around. Like, I couldn't get it off to go in my supply. So I was playing these cards that had cool effects but also meant that they were exalting and my opponent was just killing them and getting this ember for free mm-hmm. which was obviously not great like and also they were they were playing a load of taunts as well which was awful because there were certain cards in there that were stealing my ember and I couldn't kill them I couldn't kill those minions because they were putting down essentially a wall of taunts <laughs> that I had to yeah no and and I kept forgetting they had taunts um, and taunts every mean time... they have to be attacked first before yes. the other. Okay, right. So taunts have to be attacked, and these taunts were beefy, like big, big boys. So it meant like when I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna attack this one, ha ha! I'm gonna, you know, get rid of it, and it's annoying power." And then my opponent was just like, uh, "No, no, no, you're not." And then point you to like a taunt they've got. And I'm like, <laughs> so um, I I think. Mass mutation overall is is very interesting. It, it was interesting to play with Sanctum. They're actually quite a good house. They're they really have, strong, actually. Yeah. yeah, they are quite really strong. They have some really interesting, like combos, even with other houses. So that was fun. And last night I played Point Salad <laughs> on Tabletop Simulator. There's a really good scripted version on mm. there. Um, that basically refills the market whenever you take cards off um matt jarvis is nodding he's nodding it's br- yeah i've played that mod. <laughs> it is really really good yeah it's really good um and it sets the game up for you as well depending on how many players you've got uh which is really cool and yeah we had a lot of fun i taught it to some new people we we're playing with five people and uh there was one person who just loved onions 
<laughs> couldn't, couldn't get enough of massive the shrek fan <laughs> massive yeah yeah i, I, uh, I really like it on tabletopsim where because you can get scripts where things just appear but there are things that like lay them all out in in mm. order so like yeah. there's a bit there's a bit of b-roll in in the um tabletopsim vid on the channel where it's like i think it was a um what's it called splendor and like you, you press the button to set it up, and it all just goes. Yeah, it's like ooh, yeah. It's like yeah, the bit in Microsoft Solitaire where it like yeah. fires all the cards around. It's like that, but more satisfying. Yeah, this uh, point ooh, salad one. Oh, there we go. Your this camera points... went a bit there. Yeah, this um, point salad one was just like when you pressed like how many players you got. It just it shuffles the cards in real time in front of you, and then like. <laughs> lays out how many cards are in each row mm. and I was just like yeah that's really yeah. cool <laughs> love that um, love that and I came last in the first game because I was just really unlucky with the fact that I took cards at the start like point cards that required onions <laughs> so that was a was a poor show and then the second game I came third isn't um, there a thing where you can just flip your cards yeah, but uh, I'd also taken cards that were minus certain certain veg, and the card on the other side of those point cards were were the particular veg. Mm. Um, but no, we had a lot of fun and they enjoyed it. So point, point salad. salad. It's definitely become one of those. It's become one of my kind of go-to games of what do I introduce to people that don't really play a lot of like modern board games. So like I taught it to my mum, who. Mm hadn't really played any board games and then we were introducing her to things like Azul or Camel Up and Point Salad was just one of those ones that instantly stuck like I think it's really really good like mm-hmm. I put it right next to Sushi Go yeah. in just terms of like it's it's quick it's super easy to understand but it's also you know it does some really interesting things with flipping the cards and the way that they double as both points and ways to get points mm-hmm. yeah, um, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's real good good old I Point Salad it. I introduced it to my family as well, and they don't play a lot of board games, so and they rather enjoyed it. I think the art style's quite nice as well, personally. I think it's yeah. just very it's pl- yeah, clean pleasant. And, super yeah, the the yeah. colours are nice. What a succulent pepper that is! <laughs> a succulent meal. A succulent, a succulent, succulent vegetable Chinese meal. meal. <laughs> Oh, dear. Um, oh, God. Get your <laughs> hands off my god! <laughs> uh, before we Mr. descend Jarvis. into just recounting YouTube videos from 15 years ago. Um, That's our yeah. entire brand. Uh, as well as a lot of solo RPGs, as Will said. Um, so I, as, after I played some in the bundle, I went and picked up Quill, uh, mm-hmm. which is a very, very good solo RPG about writing letters, um, which I thought was fantastic so you don't have to be good at writing letters you just you can basically dress up paragraphs as much as you want by creating around the edges Uh, as long as you drop in one word from a list and then you roll for you have traits of like penmanship and heart so how well you speak your emotions in the letter how how well you speak your emotions in the letter how well your emotions come across as you can tell I, I I'm somewhat of a writer myself. myself. I, I thought when you said when you dress up and you had a little pause before yeah, the paragraph, yeah, yeah. I thought Me you too. were just going to say when you dress up. So I was imagining you like in the full dressed as wig. I was like dress sleeves and like yes, you know, a, a blue yep, kind of that's velvet, the vibe. like <laughs> one of those hats on the flat yeah. one, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, well, that the ones that look like a shadow cap but like out of velvet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> and there's a, a single candle burning. And a, a, apart from that, it's all Scratching dark. Scratching away. And you've got the voiceover. It's like, my dear love, I have not seen you in weeks. Well, that, I, I yearn for your... My, that is kind of the fun of this yearn. game. <laughs> 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 I thought you said something very different. <laughs> so... So to get things back on track, Quill doesn't have that, but there, it, there is an expansion that is just love letters, mm. um, which I haven't played, but I'm I'm really interested oh. to check out because the the game itself was like the base game was brilliant. I also I didn't realize this, but when I was like writing the script and looking at the page, Gentleman Bandit has a module that you can buy on top where you play as the ghost of the Gentleman Bandit nice. and write about how you died as well, which is very cool. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I also played Alone um, uh, Among the Stars, which again I don't think is in that bundle. I picked it up separately. It's a, it's like a pound sixty five. Mm. It's two dollars. Um, but I think it's interesting what you're saying, Will, is about the solo RPGs about making maps or labeling maps. Mm. It's like a lot of these smaller games feel like they can be slotted into yeah. you know your normal D and T campaign or like a bigger RPG. So Alone Among the Stars is it's basically a planet generation system. Um, that then adds on the fact that you explore these planets, but you can just use it as a standalone thing. Of you roll one six-sided die to generate to draw that number of playing cards, and then you flip the playing cards over one by one, and the suit and value of them determines certain factors about location. So it's like there are ruins on a glacier, or there's a forest filled with I don't know plants or beings or whatever. Um, but it feels like one of those things that you could just use to. Get like you say, get some creativity or a spark of inspiration if you're trying to come up with like a custom setting for a role playing game and you just you're, need a location very quickly. You're really blowing my mind here, Matt Jarvis. A forest full of plants. I yeah, never yeah. thought I, such a thing was, that I was like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have the rules in front of me. I just. This is why Matt gosh. needs random generators, all right? Yeah. <laughs> my entire. Here on the moon and I'm the actually just drawing cards. Plants. Off. <laughs> <laughs> off screen to determine the sentences I say. Uh, I failed my last roll. Um, uh, and the other thing I've been playing, which I think you might have mentioned last week, Lolies, is Rallyman GT. Yeah, uh, I, I mentioned been... it in terms of we played it briefly in preparation for the live stream that we did with Mike Channel from outside Xbox, which we then played on the live stream and it was great with my channel from outside xbox (laughs) it was really good now mike is somewhat of a shall we say a a car aficionado oh my lord yes (gasps) he did an intro at the beginning uh where he like talked talks about the track and oh my god it blew my mind Mm. Um, because we i literally just went oh well mike you know you know about race courses we're like what have we got out here for us and and i was expecting him to go oh well you know just like do a a quick joke literally like plot by plot every single corner like well you know as you come up to the apex of this corner you're going to be going through a tunnel so your eyes are going to need to adjust to the light it's going to make it a little bit more difficult to get around but you're going to get into the chicane where it's going to have just like really nice straight driving line for you we were like what is happening (laughs) it's really good if you haven't seen that video go check it out it's so good also the Um, game is brilliant yeah the game is so good i think johnny's after buying it actually like I'm, I'm no, I'm no Mike Channel, but uh, in terms of it, it feels like a, like a driving simulator compared to something like Downforce, which I also really mm. love. But that game is very much like you bid on the cars and then you're just racing them. It feels, you know, almost like a drag race because it's just how fast you go, the cards you play. Whereas here, your driving line matters and changing gear at the right moments matters. Mm. 
and you but there's also a little bit of luck in rolling dice to see if you can change gear or whether you biff it and like mm-hmm. spin out or you know uh, stall off the there's an advanced rule where you can try and jump start straight into second gear off the line mm. but if you fail the second gear die roll you just stall you jump forward one space but your speed resets back to zero so there's some really interesting little tweaks in there and it just feels really like customizable in terms of you can plot out your own custom tracks there's weather mechanics there's tire mechanics so you can change your tires you know it's there's you can pull into a pit stop um and repair damage to your car it's it's really impressive but it's not overwhelming at all it mm. it still runs quite quickly um particularly once you've got everything down but it feels like oh okay i need to you know i'm no not a driving expert by any means but it's like oh i need to move into the middle lane to take the driving line through this corner otherwise mm. i'm going to spin out or take it at the wrong angle and it's going to be less yeah, it's effective. very much that thing where it's like the mechanics make so much thematic sense that you don't need to know about driving because the mechanics make yeah. sense but you also if you know about driving the mechanics will also enable you to show that and be like, oh, okay, yeah, it makes sense that I would have to push out to the outside so that I can get more of a like a better angle on this corner. Mm. And then yeah. you'll have... It will literally be like the corner, if you go on the inside line, it will be longer and easier to get past in a quicker fashion. But then there'll be certain restrictions, like if you're going to go straight into this, you need to be in a lower gear than you would be if you were sort of like careening in diagonally and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's... Yeah, it's it, it, it feels like it's been built by someone who really loves striving and, and like has really communicated it really well Mm. and there's a so this is so gt is like a multiplayer kind of remake reboot sequel spiritual successor to to the original rally man which came out in 2009 it's like a very kind of cult indie uh game uh i think there were only like a thousand copies made or something like that maybe a few hundred um but they've actually announced that the the original rally man is coming to kickstarter i think in july um so i'm really interested to check that out because that was all about kind of dirt tracks rather than the mm. kind of asphalt tracks in gt mm-hmm. um so i think there's extra elements of skidding and sliding and jumping over ridges and so it feels like Sick. it could dive more <laughs> into the elements that i really enjoyed about gt mm. yeah i think if we get together to play that game mr jarvis I think we should really get into like the feel of the game and the character of the game where helmets so we sh- yeah we should have buckets full of mud that we should throw on each other if it is. And then shoes full of champagne. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there like a comedy bit where people were, you, you know, when they green screen, people are in a car and they green screen. I think there is a some comedy sketch show somewhere or some kind of Saturday night entertainment thing where they have to do that, but they're just getting pelted in the face with buckets of water or that's what we need. We need yeah. to build That's what this website really needs to bring it next to the next level. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, play Rally Man in a car and like in like Wheels' car, right? And then we'll just yeah. bring loads of buckets of mud and stones. Yes, and please. like yes. Yeah, For legal like reasons, please do not play board games while driving. Uh shall we move on to news? <laughs> also please don't do a dirt track rally in a Peugeot one away. <laughs> 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 oh god um yeah let's do some news news all right uh so yeah we covered the the incredible itch bundle that's out there uh a small piece of teasy news uh which alex Meehan covered is massive darkness 2 oh massive. i thought it was gonna be something monopoly related boo no no monopoly <laughs> more news massive week. more dark i know i'm really i'm really letting the side down this week no scythe <laughs> no monopoly you know, sometimes things have to just 
change and we become different people and you know sometimes Monopoly will always be there and I'm sure it will come back <laughs> to spite me once again uh, in due course so don't worry listeners and viewers it yeah it is tis inevitable a sun rising in the east uh, anyway this massive news. darkness too <laughs> Yeah, 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 I was getting to it. Um, I know you want to hear about the ball babe, but I do have to make a lament about the fact that there's no Monopoly news this week. <laughs> I, was, I was answering lowlies. Um, yeah, so Massive Darkness 2 is, uh, if the name doesn't give it away, a sequel to the game Massive Darkness, uh, which is like a dungeon crawler that's inspired by RPG mechanics... And uh, published by, uh, come on, come on, uh, yeah, come on, um, come on, board games. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the original came out a few years ago, and it seemed to do quite well. People seem to like it. Uh, and there was a teaser trailer released um, last week for the sequel, which I think is coming to Kickstarter. Um, I don't know when. Maybe Matt Jarvis knows. There was uh, no confirmation. There's, there's currently no confirmation whether Magnif- uh, Massive Darkness Two will be making its way to Kickstarter. Says this Dicebreaker.com news story. Uh, the the teaser trailer is a uh, very much a teaser. <laughs> there's like nothing in there. It's just like pictures of artwork, and like they fade out like a PowerPoint presentation, and then. It's just like pieces of text on it. That's that's presumably yeah, that's, meant to, to I, I pump d- you up. I don't know if you've ever had to make a video trailer whether you don't have any assets, but <laughs> trust me, like I'm sure yeah, they did no. what they could. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure they're doing the best they can. Uh, it's mostly just vague things about those mm. shadows mm. and the demon, and you got to go in there, and <laughs> you love it. And yeah, uh, that's. Frankly, that's yeah. kind of all we've got at the moment. I'm sure about we'll it. find out more when it goes on Kickstarter. If it goes on Kickstarter, I, I can't imagine it won't. Knowing yeah. what come on is like, everything goes on Kickstarter. I think the the trailer ends with an indication it's coming out this year. Um, so yeah. presumably it will surface on Kickstarter just, relatively it soon. It just says coming <laughs> in 2020. We don't know what's <laughs> coming, whether it's the, the Kickstarter or the game itself. But it, but it's oh, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, well, definitely on Kickstarter at the moment. I think should still be on Kickstarter by the time people read this. Um, Alex, me, and you've also covered this. It's it's roll, which is a really hard thing to say. It's R O L E. Roll. Roll. R O L E. So just roll. Yeah, but as in, it's called roll, and it's a role play. You just end up saying roll all the time roll. because roll is a role playing platform for role playing games. Yeah. Where you can roll die. It's just, mm. it's not the most standout name in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it says what it is, I guess, um, for efficiency's sake. But um, yeah, it looks really interesting. We were saying, uh, weren't we, Mr. Jarvis, that we, we'd be interested to give it a go. It's, it's uh, the, like it's a. It's the one that looks like Tinder for half orcs. Is that the. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's. It's like Roll20, but not bad. Hopefully. Whoa. Hot takes going on here. Roll20 is quite 
like it's it's a good platform, but it like it it, it shows its age. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it was it was made by the same people who made Stonehenge back in the oldie times. <laughs> oh, you know, like <laughs> like wow. it's it's just like oh, you can do like voice and draw stuff, uh, mm. but your you know your abilities and your stats and stuff. Good luck trying to work out how to put those in, you idiot. <laughs> but um, I will say that. Um, <laughs> whilst we're dunking on World oh, 20 oh. whoa Mian's take was so spicy she's left the call um, uh, I think I think that there. that's big roll 20 well great now that now that we've just swapped positions that's going to be really sorry. fun on the recording sorry <laughs> um, sorry what I was okay. going to say sorry was yeah whilst we're before we dunk too much on roll 20 um, there is uh, I've been playing a lot of Blades and the I think mainly I don't know if they're like fan character sheets that have been made or if they've been provided by Evil Hat, but like the character sheets that are interactive for things like Blades and Aegon and stuff like that are really, really good. Like if you if you when you're setting up a game there's a little drop down where you choose what character sheets you're using. Um and if you play games that aren't Dungeons and Dragons and, and have character sheets that are good, then you can have like um <laughs> like interactive buttons and like little things to, to mm. fill in and stuff like <clears> they're they're really nice and then you, you literally just click on a stat and it rolls it for you. It's really good. That's the. I think that's the roll. So I don't use loads of roll twenty simply because those aren't the kind of RPGs I tend to play anymore. Like a mm-hmm. lot of my stuff is theater of the mind, so it's over Discord. But um, like personally, I think like roll the thing with it is it just looks slick. Like it's got mm. a really nice interface. It's it's kind of simplified. I don't think it's trying to go for exactly the same thing as roll twenty because mm. there haven't been you know like hex maps or squares mm. or things like that. It seems to largely be like a video chat program like discord but yeah. with the ability to have a character sheet at the side and to have dice rollers built in yeah um, to be honest that's what i want that's all yeah. i want i'm with thing. you um, and they oh sorry man yeah i was just gonna say they apparently it supports pretty much every single rpg under the sun like they don't have drm um you can just input to your character sheets in there um they have a marketplace where you can kind of see a wide range of different RPGs and people's recommendations. Um, they have some exclusive content uh, releasing on there. Um, content. That word. Um, for various RPGs, such as Lancer. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jarvis. Yeah. And, and Swordsfall. Uh, which also oh yes, really yeah, yeah. Swordsfall um, being designed by uh, a lovely chap that we had a really, really cool um, panel with in PAX West, uh, right when the channel was just launching. Mm. Uh, Brandon Dixon, I hope I'm I think so. Yeah, um, he's designed the same work. He's like a, an incredibly interesting man. <laughs> I will say, like he, he's he's got like a, this wealth of knowledge of like African culture and stuff like that, which is really, really mm. interesting. Mm. Yeah, it looks. Um... Really interesting. They have a matchmaking system as well, which is where the dating half orcs things come from. <laughs> um, where you can find other role players for specific games or, you know, levels of games, as well as find GMs as well, which I think is like a really excellent idea because people, like, we constantly get, you know, questions from people being like, how do I find other people to play with? Like, it's honestly one of the hardest things to do when playing tabletop role-playing games, particularly ones that aren't, you know, as common like D&D and Pathfinder. Um, and I, it looks like the marketplace is really supporting 
you know, indie creators and mm. off the grid kind of RPGs, which you know I'm always down for. So um, we will wait and see. But so I'm it hasn't launched yet, then no. No, no it's on Kickstarter till June the nineteenth. Um, I'm reading in this story from Dicebreaker.com. Um, so Shout out to dicebreaker.com for providing the details <laughs> of this story. So it's in it's there's an early access plan for later this year. Um, it, the when it launches next May is the current plan. It will be free, but you can then pay a subscription to access some of the exclusive bits um, and some extra features, things like that. Uh, yeah. Like me and says all the stuff they sell through the marketplace. So even the exclusive RPGs are DRM free. So you can take them anywhere. You can play them outside of it. Yeah. Um, and they're also opening up uh, the platform in general so you can make custom character sheets and so on. So it's not just, is the game supported? You know, you, there's always the option to add stuff in there. So it seems mm. it seems really cool. Hopefully it's as, it's as good as it looks. Like it looks very swish. It's got a really clean interface. Uh, I suppose it would just depend on whether A, the support is there from the people that want to, you know, put that effort in to make those um, custom bits, and whether whether it kind of takes off and is able mm. to compete with, because there are so many ways of doing it. You know, like Discord, Roll Twenty, whatever have you. Um, yeah. So whether it's able to find a place alongside those, um, mm. but it looks very interesting. Mm. Uh, all right, uh, let's scroll down and find. Oh, this is a this is a story I wrote. One of the very few that I wrote this week because <laughs> uh, me and has been absolutely nailing the news this week um modern well. art the card game um modern art the card game uh, anybody played modern art the the non card game no. i know about modern art i haven't played it though is that the ronnie knitzia one right it yeah. is knitzia yeah. yes there's always a good one million games there's always a good chance you can guess that a game is ronnie knitzia and it will be yeah it's um, like um <laughs> it's like if you don't know what something is, always go for that as your guess. Oh yeah, that's uh, is it? Ronnie Knizia? No. Yeah. Oh no, sorry. Maybe I'm there thinking sh- of something else. <laughs> there should be a flowchart of like, okay, how to figure out designer of game. First question: how to pretend Is you it Ronnie <laughs> So, modern Monarch for those who haven't played it, uh, was game. It came out in like '92. Um, it's an auction game about bidding on art. So you have a hand of cards. Uh, they are paintings by contemporary artists. Um, you put them up for auction and then people bet on them, bid on them, sorry. Um, and at the end of a round, depending on how many paintings by each of the artists have been purchased, their value differs. So there's kind of like a supply and demand thing going on. You can bid on your own paintings um, to potentially bump up your own values, things like that. It's a, it's a really fantastic game. Um, mm. And I think a couple of years ago, 2017 maybe, um, come on, who making another appearance in this news section, uh, put out a new version of it with kind of spruced up art and things mm. like that. Really pretty, mm. really, really yeah. pretty. Mm. I think we, said... should, we should say that I think it's pronounced Simon, by the way, before someone gets angry at us. Uh, no, I, I don't got, care. I got into this discussion <laughs> the other day because Eric Lang, who is head of designer, um, come on, pronounced yeah. it Simon, but they used to be called Cool Mini or Not, which has like a hard C yeah. and stuff like that. And I don't know, it just doesn't sit right with me calling it Simon. Simon sounds... <laughs> it doesn't... Oh, sounds like... Like a... What does like it sound like, Digimon We know, what, what, we know what it sounds like, <laughs> David No, Simon. I was going to say it sounds like a Digimon-like character. Simon. Uh, uh, possibly, yeah. Uh, by the way, I was, just, I was just thinking of famous England goalkeeper David Simon. <laughs> 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 when you said... Um, when you actually said... When you, actually, uh, when you accidentally said betting on... 
the the art. I was imagining yeah, yeah, people exactly. like rolling <laughs> portraits around or something. I mean, like yeah, yeah they're just like, shuffling forwards. <laughs> Uh, anyway, anyway, and in first place, it's the screen coming in in second. It's... <laughs> uh, so, modern art, the card game. Um, <laughs> it is. It's actually. It's another kind of revamp of an existing game. It's coming out of Come On again. Um, there was a game that came out in 2009 uh, called uh, Masters Gallery. I think it was called, um, which was kind of a spin-off to modern art. But it wasn't about auctions, it was about just collecting sets of paintings to put in your gallery. So there was no bidding, no nothing like that. You just play cards from your hand, in front of you, and then there's a similar thing of, depending on how many cards by certain artists are out, there's a different value, you gain points, so on. So Modern Art the Card Game, which I think was a, like an alternative title for Master's Gallery... This is this is the world of board games. Yeah, where it's this like is this is a remake of a game that also used to be called this, yeah. which is a spin-off from another game which life. has different <laughs> mechanics but a similar theme. Um, so, Monarch the Card <laughs> Game from this year is is basically that game. So you're playing cards with paintings in front of you. Um, depending on how many cards by one of the f- each of the five artists there are, you score different points. Mm. Are there um, any art? Is there any art by Egon Schlee or not? I don't believe so. So, judging by this. For those for those of you in the knowledge of art, which I am not, uh, there appear to be five artists: Denise, Gillian Tan, uh, Wagner, Caro. Uh, this doesn't work. I immediately realised because some of these cards are fanned, and therefore I can't see the entire names. So let's just let's just cut that short. But there yeah. are five artists. That's a shame. Come this on, this is a great segment. Big up the big up big up the Egon Schlee fan group. The man damn. But it it should be out as of this recording because it was released on June twelfth. So they announced it only a few days ago, and it's already out. So that's oh, more games. Mm. Well, that makes a nice change from announcing it and then just months and months and months passing and not saying anything about it, and then eventually just throwing it out there. I mean, oh yeah, we released that. There are <laughs> yeah, two types way. of. Two types of release in, uh, in board games. Either here's yeah. a press release for something that's already in shops, or here's something that we're going to maybe release in the next ten years. <laughs> yeah. oh, here's something we released, uh, you know, a week ago and it's already sold out and now you have to wait five years. For <laughs> um, good luck. Uh, but it's worth saying that Modern Art, the original, is extremely good and there is a fantastic edition of it from Oink Games, uh, the Japanese studio oh, that yeah, makes Oink. Artist Ghost New York and Insider and so on, uh, which fits into their kind of classic tiny box, um, which is probably the best looking version of it. Um, but the come on version is arguably easier to find and is also very good looking. Uh, rolling on with the news, here's a quick one. Uh, Fort, which is yeah. the new game... From Leader Games, who oh, make oh, Root, oh, 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 oh. Uh, although it's not connected in any way other than it has the same artist, Carl Theron, um, is coming out this summer. It's due for a release in August. Yeah, oh, amazing. Oh, what date? What date? Uh, they haven't said a precise date yet that is coming, but they've said it will be out in August. It's development's completed, production's My uh, birthday on the is way, in basically. August. So, so is mine, Loli. <gasps> oh my well, god. Oh no. Are we all going to get it for each other as a birthday present? <laughs> yeah, well, we can't really do a surprise. gifting triangle. <laughs> um, yeah, Fort is a is an amazing deck builder um, mm-hmm. that we had the, the privilege of playing at. I think PAX East was it. Um, it is a like a remake of a game called SPQR, which was a uh, popular SPQF. 
SPQF. Um, yes. Come on, so, Wales. Sorry, I just thought Rome. To be honest. Yeah, so it was it was like a play on the Rome thing, but it was set in a forest, so the F stands for right. forest. So weirdly enough, SPQF had like the an animal theme, like animals in armor being Roman, mm. whatnots. Uh, which would have fit really well with Root, you would think, which is takes place in a world where animals are kind of anthropomorphic and so on. But yeah. instead they decided to make it about kids. But, but forget about that, because the theme in this game is yes. amazing. So like, every little bit of it is just so joyful. Like We've talked about it on the... <laughs> <laughs> If you want to hear our thoughts, there is a, a Today We Played on the channel where we, mm-hmm. we were circle at how much we love that game. But yeah, Pizza, it's fantastic. Pizza, toys, all my favourite things. P-R-Z-Z-A. Oh, God. <laughs> if you ever watched uh, Kids Next Door as a as a child, or still do, because like, yeah, I, um, I did. It's, yeah, it's really, really that kind of vibe. It's very. I'm good. really excited to try it because, firstly, it's a deck builder, and I mm-hmm. love deck builders. Two, you know, leader games. Three, like, yeah, the theme just sounds really fun. So, can't wait. Can he wait to get my hands on that? Yeah, I'm very excited about it. Um, that's. That's all for board game news. Uh, in some dicebreaker-related news, um, sadly, as of today, which is June the twelfth, uh, Sarah Elsom is leaving us. Um, is kind of moving on from the team. Um, those of you who obviously have been watching and reading Dicebreaker will know Sarah is part of the editorial team, is a staff writer, um, and is also Eric in Dungeon Breaker. Um, <laughs> who coined the immediately iconic phrase I've got loads of money loads it's loads incredible money. Um, yeah so we're we're obviously really sad that Sarah's moving on from the team you know we'll miss them uh, sorely um, but I'm sure you'll continue to see them pop up around the site and around the channel hopefully going forward um, mm. if you're you know hopefully you've you've read everything Sarah's written uh, over the last year or so um, since the site's gone live, um, but if not, you know, go and check out. So. Go and check out their. Like seven months. <laughs> Didn't talk to or so, ladies. Time is meaningless. But um, go and check out their their brilliant preview of King's Dilemma, uh, which they then uh, like mm. ran and talked to the team on video, which was also very entertaining. Um, go and check out uh, their interview with Ian Livingston of Games Workshop fame about Warhammer, the kind of the, the early days of Warhammer Games Workshop and bringing D&D to the UK. Um, if you didn't see our playthrough of Boy Problems, the Carly Rae Jepsen RPG, oh my God, yes. um, where they played a robotic Carly Rae Jepsen yeah. clone. Carly so um, Rae Jepsen they just murder called Carly Rae Jepsen, the, the robot. CLJ um, or something like that. Yeah, but uh, just incredible uh, mm. and then of course dungeon breaker the first season of dungeon breaker yeah um which is already up uh, where they played eric as i said um dungeon breaker will continue uh mm. uh in the relatively near future but like i say we'll we'll miss sarah terribly uh, and look forward to seeing what they're going to do next so thank you for everything sarah and mm. yeah. we love you <laughs> do. uh moving on to let's take some email shall we mm. The Email. Uh, if you want to send in a question or comment or whatever have you, if you want to send the latest hot memes of 2005 yes. to us, um, get in touch at podcast at dicebreaker.com um, or at us at join Dicebreaker on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, all of those places. 
shall we take this one from Nix? Alex Meehan. Actually, Alex, you read a load of news. Alex Lowlies, would you like to read this one from Nix, which is at the top of the list? Sure. All hail glorious Dicebreaker team. Whoa. I really hope everyone has like a portrait of us on their walls. <laughs> like Hypnotoad. <laughs> I, think, I think if Johnny was here, who would be intervening with this is not a cult. Um, <laughs> um, this, is, this is written by Nick's. I'm just reading out. I'm just about to finish DMing my first D&D campaign, Lost Minds of Fandelver. And we'll be moving on to Storm King's Thunder. How do you guys approach preparing for a new campaign and or a game session? It is something I'm having difficulty in getting the hang of. And then a little frowny face. Loving the work you're all putting in. Keep it up, Nyx. I'll probably abstain from this one because I don't use modules. But I I just, um, I would say, like, it's nice to have a season break. Also, there's something that I've been getting into in my RPG groups that I've been running, like... (coughs) Ooh, oh, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> something I've been running into, like, um, it's something we do with Dungeon Breaker where you have a season break. Uh, it can be really nice to have, like, a break and, and just play different characters for a little bit, to run a little one-shot mm. or, like, a different system or something. Because it, it allows you to try out new new things and to also just refresh your brain a little bit. And then when you come back in, you're not just like, oh, okay, right, now what are we doing sort of thing. Like, it gives you a bit of a creative spark and you can drag some of the elements that you liked into into some of the stuff that you add into it as well. Mm. I also don't tend to use many modules or kind of pre-made adventures, um, but I think in terms of just like plotting out a new campaign, is is something we've kind of mentioned on this podcast before, because this is quite a common question, I think, that comes up. It's intimidating for a lot of people. And it's that thing of, particularly when you're playing with a group of friends, like people that you know that you'll be playing with regularly, is don't put too much pressure on yourself. You know, you can plot out just a single session. It can be quite loose. You don't necessarily need to know the whole arc of 15 episodes because you know at some point it'll probably go off the rails a little bit your party might take a different path and then you'll feel like you've put in the work or you'll be scrambling to try and come up with a way of getting it back on there's the risk of kind of railroading people and forcing them into a story they don't you know that they've moved away from so i think it's that thing of just be flexible don't put too much pressure on yourself you know if you've got ideas that are interesting to you you know jot them down somewhere but don't feel like you have to cram them in. You know, they can always be saved for another session or another campaign even. Mm. Um, and I think it's similar with modules, although I don't play loads of them, is they obviously exist to be very handy kind of frameworks and kind of like a through line. But you can always throw in extra things. And if you feel confident after a couple of sessions moving away from the, the module because you feel like your party's taking it in a different direction or you've got an idea that works better with the world that they're in, you know, do that. Hmm. Uh, nicely said, Mr. Jarvis. <laughs> uh, I would probably just say, be... I don't know how to phrase this, because I've used modules before. I'm not a huge fan of them. Um, <laughs> I feel like every answer on this is going to be like, well, we don't use modules, <laughs> but... <laughs> um, I would say, don't make the mistake I did, and not, like, check over stuff beforehand because modules are great for people who 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 want to have a framework to work with so like an overall plot and like npcs and you know threats and challenges to to present their players with but they 
they do still require some legwork <laughs> from mm. the the GM beforehand. So, you know, just maybe like make little notepads and things or like sticky notes of like remember particularly stuff like you know npc attacks and you know what they do and like kind of what the overall kind of you know uh direction of the plot is going to be uh just so that you're not you don't potentially overlook stuff in the midst of managing the campaign because D&D source books are like that they'll have like little bits of information there that are kind of important and then you're like oh no I forgot that and things are going in the toilet so uh, yeah don't overdo it but also organisation is is good (laughs) well I've never run an RPG campaign so I (laughs) yeah can't answer yeah. this, I'm afraid. Lolies, what do you think about snack preparation? Uh, for playing RPGs? Yes. I always think you need to bring as many snacks of different varieties as possible. So bring some chocolate, bring some crisps, bring you know something salty, something sweet. Um, something you can like quite easily shove in your mouth that you're not like, holding on to. Something yeah, yeah, vegan, of course, yes. Yeah, um, you, just you need a variety and like small tidbits that you can just shove in your mouth, so you're not like your hands are free to do what mm. you need to do, but not too and your like, mouth. sticky. Yeah, nothing too greasy. Sticky. Yeah, no. nothing too greasy, please. Exactly. I uh, don't want to pick up your diet. Don't eat fine. informational tidbits as well because those aren't <laughs> those aren't nutritional. Uh, all right, Wills, would you like to read this one from the Halfling Buccaneer? Ah. Um, Ah! While it seems the majority of games intend to pit players against one another, or perhaps against the game itself, I found it difficult to find games that are comfortable with allowing a mixture of both. Are there any standout board games which have successfully, or unsuccessfully, implemented a semi-autonomous slash self-acting AI mechanic where the players can directly manipulate said mechanic against each other? That's from the Halfling Buccaneer. Um, I feel so, like yeah. you should have put a voice on for that, Wells, just saying. Yar! <laughs> Yar! <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, this is... Um, I think there's a few games where you're technically co-op, but you're trying to be, like... It's almost like a man-of-the-match kind of thing, where it's like you are competing to be the mm. person who was the most helpful. Um, one game that we played, which is currently uh, on Kickstarter, I don't know when it's being released, Lolis, but um, we played The Great Wall, which had a, a similar thing to that, where, like... We were all technically um, like manning the Great Wall of China against like the the invaders mm-hmm. uh, and trying to like help each other to attack them because if the invaders got through, we would all suffer the consequences. But it's all about how much like honor we earned as we were playing. So yeah, technically we were on the same side, but we were all trying to get on top of each other and be like, oh, actually it's my soldiers who took those out, so you guys suck. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, it happened yeah. a couple of times where like I. You know, because you kind of take it in turns to place like um, uh, kind of soldiers on the wall, and it would happen where I would place it on a certain segment of the wall, and then wheels would be like, "Well, I'm going to go over here because it's it." You kind of want like a, what was it? You wanted like not a, too many of different colors. So like, if you were playing yellow, I was playing red. You didn't want to have too many of different yeah. colors on the same segment. 
I think you shared the the spoils yeah. with everyone there. So like, even if you just got like one archer who turned up, but you did a bit of damage, then you would get just as much of the prize as everyone else does. Because like, oh well, we all did it together. But then the one guy who brought like seven spearmen is like, what the hell, man? <laughs> so yeah, it was. It's like a really fun little like pettiness mm-hmm. simulator. <laughs> it was really good. Mm. I think a game that does this really well is Dead of Winter. Mm. Um, mm. It's uh, at its core, it is a co-op game. You are working together as a you know as the settlement to survive, you know, the zombie outbreak and basically prevent you know, achieve certain objectives um, throughout the game uh, in order to to win. But uh, everyone has their own individual secret objectives, um, which if they don't complete, they essentially lose the game. Like, you need to do your secret objective in, in order to win. And some of these secret objectives are as simple as, like, have these items in, you know, on your person... Others are direct, you know, going directly against the the main objectives of the game. So to just finish the game, you need to do the objectives, the main objectives. But to actually win, you need to do your secret objectives. So I think like it works really well in terms of, you know, even people who are traitors still kind of require the game to keep going enough so that they can fulfill their objective successfully and actually win. So it it balances out that we have to work together, but also I'm going to be a bit selfish with this, mm. or I'm going to cause someone else to risk themselves so I it's, can do it's, this. It's really good at like putting suspicion on all the players as yeah. well, because it's like, why are you doing this? Like, are you the traitor? It's like, no, I just I need to do the thing, but I can't tell you about it because it's a secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can play it, you can play it like that, and mm. then you always have those eyes upon you. With, you know, with everything you do, the tension. On a similar zombie f- uh, theme, uh, there's a miniatures game for The Walking Dead, uh, of The Walking mm. Dead All Out War. Here's Negan, um, right? <laughs> no, that's the board game version of it, um, <laughs> which is like a spin-off. Which is it's it's okay. It's one of the those. Uh, The Walking uh, Dead. Uh, Matt wrote a little segment for the list, which is on the the YouTube channel, which is um, I can't remember the number, but X amount of miniatures games that aren't Warhammer. Yeah, you give that a watch. It's- it's really good. As someone that doesn't play loads of miniatures games, um, it's one of those ones that's really easy to pick up, and it stands out because it it does its kind of zombie world really well. So you have competing bands of survivors, so human survivors, living survivors. Um, but then there are zombies around the environment, and as you do actions, you'll cause noise. So if you fire a gun at someone, that's going to cause a lot of noise, which is then going to draw a load of zombies to you. So there are ways of kind of forcing your opponent into situations where they might have to make noise or you can make noise around them to draw the zombies and then they'll attack whoever's closest because you're just kind of a big fleshy feeding sack for them. So <laughs> Isn't like, that I, that's a very Werner Herzog thing to say? <laughs> you know, I, we're all just feeding sacks. <laughs> when you look into the eyes of a zombie... <laughs> You're you, referencing it, the chicken thing. If you've you? never seen the vi- the video of Werner Herzog <laughs> describing chickens, it is incredible. The depth of this stupidity. Um, <laughs> apologies really to Werner Herzog. That's a really not good impression. Just or dunk, anyone dunking. who's from the country he's from. <laughs> just dunking on chickens. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> 
Looks like she's in physical pain right now. No, these are big chicken uh, yeah. fans. <laughs> all, all Out War does not feature Werner Herzog, um, but it is it's a, <laughs> it's it's a really good game, and it it does interesting things with with the zombies. Uh, another one that comes to mind is Arcadia Quest, which is like a dungeon crawler, and you're all fighting monsters in the dungeon, but you're also kind of competing to be the the top scoring player by yourself. Mm. Um, so it has a similar thing of running around facing uh, like monsters controlled by the game. Um, it's it's pretty fast. It's light. It's one of those. Uh huh. Uh, right. Wills. Oh, sorry, Lolies. I'm so sorry. This? Yeah, sorry. I gave you an answer and then made you talk about it. Lolies, feel free to put your own input in. Oh uh, no, I I would have probably said that as well. Actually, yeah, the great. I I knew there was one that I was like it was in the back of my head, and I was like I feel like we played one kind of semi recently, and I couldn't think of it. And then you said Great Wall, and I was like that's mm. the one. If you do want to see our opinions on Great Wall, there is a today we played on the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So give that give that a little search. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, that's youtube.com slash dicebreaker right mm-hmm. yes it is that was absolutely one of those videos where Lolis was just like messing around at the start and there's definitely some kind of b-roll somewhere <laughs> where it's just me with my head in my hands yeah. I think I wore the, the lid as a hat or something <laughs> yeah it's a very uh, big lid yeah <laughs> Uh, Wills, would you like to read this one? Oh wait, did you just? Read I just that did one? the last one. Yeah, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm losing track <laughs> of everything. Um, uh, Lodi's red one. Wills red one. Alex, me, and it's your turn. Uh, would you like to read this one from Jordan James Mayer? Jordan James Mayer uh, asks: uh, This past week, I finally tried some Mansions of Madness Second Edition. We love the game mechanically, but the companion app really made the night. What other games or companion apps that you enjoy? Are there ones that rely on technology too much? Mm. Mm. Thank you for I... your question. I don't like Mansions of Madness. Oh! I, I, I love Mansions of Madness. Matt is a big fan of... I'm really going like to be the games. wheels in this situation and say, you're wrong. Because <laughs> Mansions of Madness is great. Um, I really like Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. Um, I know that apps companion apps in general are not for everyone there's a lot of people that have very strong feelings about them i wouldn't say that they are something that i'm i gravitate to just because it has an app um Mm. but i do really like mansions uh and i do really like lord of the rings journeys in middle earth yeah journeys uh, in middle earth which is very similar to mansions but is lord of the rings um but it adds there the app is does really neat things because it tracks your character over multiple scenarios so it's more of a kind of interlinked campaign so it keeps track of their xp points and the items they have and events mm. that take place and the the impact they can have matt um, jarvis um a lord of the rings app i really want is one where you can talk to that orc who's really spongy you know the one who uh, like yeah yeah i want <laughs> just want an app where you can just chat to him I've got bad news for you because Gothmog spoilers for the Lord of the Rings Return la, of the King. La, la, la. Uh Gothmog gets squished by a big rock. So you're probably no. not gonna get a lot of conversation out of Gothmog. More like Flatmog, right? <laughs> uh, alternative alternative world where he lives. I thought you said he was spongy, wouldn't he just absorb the impact? <laughs> <laughs> just bounce straight off. Just pour some water on it. You know like those things that you put in uh you used to get them and you'd soak them in. You'd get yes. them from like the Natural History Museum. You soak them in water and they become a flannel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They cost about 15 quid. Uh, yeah, yeah. And have a picture of a dinosaur. And I imagine goth mog I... like that. You can put a tiny little dehydrated goth mog in water and then it's a full size orc. 
I mean, that's kind of like kind of made well. They were made a bit like that, right? Uh, yeah. The yeah. Urukai are more kind of the Urukai get cut out big old sacks, and then <laughs> I can't believe this is the second time. I'll be honest. Sack has been used on this podcast. I had one of those moments where, like, my I, I just my attention span isn't great. Like, I had one of those moments where I just started staring off to the distance and thinking about things because like, I'm on an episode of Scrubs or something, and then I just came back to Urukai just come out of big sacks, and I was like, "What? Where are we now? What's happening?" <laughs> Anyway, other games. Uh, I haven't played this one, but I've seen other people play it. It looks quite cool. Beasts of Balance. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've heard of that. Very much relies on an app. Uh, But yeah, looks very cool. Again, haven't played it, but. I really like the Unlock series. I think I've said that a few times on this um, Padlock podcast. Uh, that uses a really like unintrusive companion app. Every now and again, you'll like fiddle around with a little machine, but apart from that, you're literally just um, you're just sort of like inputting codes, and it just furthers the game. Uh, mm. There's there's one in the more recent boxes where like you can also do like augmented reality stuff on the cards. Mm-hmm. So like you can hold the camera on your phone, and it will it will change what you see on the card based on what you're mm. looking at. Stuff like. Yeah. like you might like Ooh. scan a flashlight around a dark room or something like that, which is quite cool. Yeah, you're like, you're like Batman in the Arkham Asylum series. That's the one. Chronicles um, of Crime, I think, does it? I've yeah. I've not played it myself. But QR is that code. A VR? Yeah, you scan it and then you get a VR thing to look around and look at the environment and things like that. Mm. So mm. people are they're doing interesting things beyond just, instead of a deck of cards, here's an yeah. app that does stuff. Mm. Sorry, uh, me, I like... Um, there's a game that I have called Forests of Fate... Which is all right. It's it's re- it was super cheap, and it's good to fun, good to fun, good to play. <laughs> <laughs> My housemate really likes it because um, you can just have a drink and sort of. It's like a choose your own adventure game where you have characters and stats and things, and then you basically choose what you want to do in each situation, and you input what you're doing into the app, and the app is like, this is what happens! Ooh! Uh, so, like, you go to pet a bear or something, and then the bear, like, bites your arm off. Um, oh, that it's to me. rude. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, <laughs> um... I really like that. I also really like um, One Night Ultimate Werewolves companion app. I think that's so good because it just manages all the stuff for you. Like, mm. you just press who you're playing, like, which characters you're playing with, like, and then you just press go and it just does the timer. Um, is it optional, it, right? It is optional. You don't yeah. have to play using it, but it just means that you don't need to have someone do that. You can just have the app do it for you so Mm. everyone can actually do the fun bit of the game. Um, And also it has like spooky voices and stuff. Yeah, I I love that stuff. Yeah, like that. Exactly like that. I didn't know Lolis did all the voices. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a voiceover actor. Disclaimer. Uh, (laughs) Alright. I'll read this next one from James the Unsanctioned Buffoon on Twitter. Um, thanks, James. Uh, so, RPGs that use custom dice like Fantasy Flight's various systems. Does the quality of the mechanics outweigh the downside of dice going out of print, etc.? I'll say here, and open strong, I think custom dice are unnecessary. There are some really good games that use custom dice, but there's really no need for custom dice. You can make anything work with a normal die. So, 
like there are certain times where they're they're handy where if it's like um betrayal where they only have one or two pips on each side so it's obviously calculated towards those numbers like uh mansions of madness uses them so they're either like blank or a clue or a thing but most games you can sub in normal dice i think typically there's nothing about custom dice that would be lost by using normal dice Mm. i really like custom dice um i think they're really like I, I, it, stop, it stops you having to reference things basically I think they're just a lot quicker for because you can put your own iconography on I think it's a lot more intuitive to be like say you were playing I don't know um, like some kind of like rolling game where you had like 10 dice in your hand you're rolling them all and getting the results or something like you, like a pushy luck game you know like zombie dice or whatever uh, if I if I had to like look at all the things and go like okay that's a 3 which means this like you, you instantly remember like, oh, that's the bad symbol. Like if I, if I was playing um, Escape, for example, where like time is a really important thing because it's real time. You, you only play the game for ten minutes. Like they have custom dice because it's like, okay, I've rolled this symbol. I need these symbols to do this thing. Whereas like if it was ones and and fives and stuff, it might not feel quite as like um, instant for your like your brain to latch on. I think I think I'm a lot better with pictures and being able to like see okay or or even color like seeing like the the black idol i know that that's bad now and i have to move that to the side mm. whereas like trying to interpret numerical stuff and like looking at a reference card wouldn't be quite as intuitive yeah that's a really good point maybe okay i'll revise my position maybe just, <laughs> just rpgs in particular i think yeah no rpgs like, no. Like, no. Where, where yeah no, I think I'm exactly the same. I think board game's fine because you've got everything you need in the box like, and everyone can play using that. RPGs, the big problem I'd have would be unlike a lot of RPGs that are designed to be accessible as possible, you literally just need some dice and a PDF to play it. Like, it to me, it just seems custom dice is another like hurdle you have to get over or wall you have to like, you know, climb in order to play it. And I just think that that's not great also yeah like when things go out of print it's really annoying trying to get access to that stuff because essentially like you you're missing a potentially a huge part of the game like it, it's gone and that that ain't doing nobody any good i have no opinion but i <laughs> wow. um i think wheels's opinion is probably the opinion i would lean towards <laughs> <laughs> is this a first? Wow. Yeah, jeez, that's that's quite an honour. When, well, when the question was asked, I was like, I don't know. And then Matt made a point, and I was like, yeah, that's a good point. And then Wheels made a point, and I was like, yeah, that's a good point. And then Matt came around to Wheels' point, so I was like, okay, I'm going with Wheels' point. Yeah, I think, I think I mean, the big thing for me is like, if you, if you are buying a box mm. of stuff and it has mm. custom dice in, absolutely fine. But yeah. like, if you require custom dice to play an RPG, like the Star Wars mm. stuff from Fantasy Flight, that yeah. feels really, really crappy. Yeah. Um, because yeah, like the whole point of an RPG is that like it's it, you just have the tools that everyone has, right? And it's you can yeah. do so much with those things. Yeah. And I don't well, mind if you've got like custom decks of cards and stuff like that. That's fine. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Dice feel a bit over the top. The more accessible things are, like the better. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. like if you can just grab a PDF and. And stop mm. playing an RPG. Perfect. Because, like, uh, I, I would. Sorry to. Part <laughs> no, also, I, I would imagine that the whole point of the custom dice in um, Star Wars and stuff is that, like, sometimes numbers can be a bit confusing, and like having like a whole D twenty worth of results of all of the pluses and minuses. I can understand why you'd want to take away from that. 
But then I look at some of the Star Wars RPG stuff and it's like, there's eight different colours of dice. One of them does this thing, the other does this thing. You roll them all at the same time and then interpret the results, but you have to interpret the results differently based on what colour the dice is. And it's like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> really, it should be boiled down to, are you, will you say gonk? Or will you say gonk? <laughs> are you saying honk or gonk? Because those are the two options. <laughs> That should be a lasers and feelings edit. Of like, honk, honk, honk. <laughs> if you're rolling honk, then you go above. If you're rolling gonk, you go below. <laughs> Everyone is playing as gonk droids. <laughs> All right, Lolies, do you want to read this last one from Sam Ooh. Dolby? Sam Dolby, yes. Uh, if you're going to host a game night for friends or family that are relatively new to the hobby, which RPG board and card game would you choose? Oh. I think we can boil this down to what would you play at like a, a board game night where you're introducing people. I think mm. I mentioned earlier Point Salad. Yeah. Is a great card game. Sushi goes absolutely in that realm as well. I think in terms of RPGs, actually, like Will's just mentioned, Lasers and Feelings, that's a really great RPG. Like, mm. really simple system you roll over or you roll under. Um, but it's a really great kind of solid system that doesn't feel like shallow. It just feels mm. kind of simple. Um, and in terms of board game, I think Azul is kind of the the now the go to. Azul's great, thing. yeah. It's it's I, quite competitive, so. Yeah. I think I keep it even simpler than that and do something like Marrakesh or, like I I like to pick games that, uh, are like related to like mainstream games that like most people would recognize, and then just kind of build on that. Mm. Um, mm. I just uh, keep it like as simple as possible, and then. I, I tend to like if I'm if I'm introducing something someone to something they've not done before like board games I'll try and find out what they like mm. like theme wise because yeah. that goes a whole long way to making them be interested because because mm-hmm. if it's if it's like a thing that they're new to but also a theme that they don't really care about they're like whereas it's like okay you like space pirates have I got a game for you we're gonna be a space pirate and they're like oh cool yeah all right what do I yeah, do yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, I've got two words for you. <clears throat> Rhino hero. Rhino yep. hero. That's a good also, one. Also, yeah. in a se- my mum is si- obsessed with Rhino hero. <laughs> <laughs> in a similar vein, Happy Salmon. Two. I thought you oh. were going to go with Happy Salmon. No, but no. When you said two words, that's the game that came to my mind. Happy Salmon yeah. actually is the game where one of my friends never never liked board games. Like she had like friends who were into board games. It wasn't she never was interested. And then at my housewarming a couple of years ago, I whipped out Happy Salmon and we had a big old game of it. And she is now, she plays more board games than I do now. And Happy Salmon is the game Sorry, that got her in. you whipped out your Happy Salmon really got me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a gesture of friendship. It is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but may- Happy Salmon potentially hard to play at the moment though with the whole yeah. the whole social distance. I would thing. love to know what a video call version of Happy Salmon looks like. <laughs> you could you could probably do this as long as you're matching someone else you over video. Dead. You could oh, please no. That at all. that's not no no, no that's a high quality recording you're making of that. People are uh, going to have to listen to that. Me and jumping back to Rhino Hero, would you recommend Rhino Hero or Rhino Hero Super Battle? <sighs> Rhino Hero, Hero Super, super battle. battle Rhino, Rhino Hero Super Battle That's going to sound would, great Honestly I would say start with Rhino Hero And mm. then go on to Super Battle Because like Super Battle is just a slightly more Complicated version of Rhino Hero 
That's it. Yeah. So spider monkeys, though. Opinion so. yeah, set. Just done. Yeah, the monkeys. Yeah. You've got, you got to get the monkeys. Similar vein. King Domino to Queen Domino. Also, Never played King him. Domino, very simple. Oh, mm. I love them to bits. We should play them sometime. Yes. Uh, oh, I will say that Rhino Hero is two player, isn't it? And then... No, no, it's no? not. Oh, never mind. Sorry. We play Super Rhino Battle... Hero with more than two people. No, Super Battle is four player. No, but... Rhino Hero is more yeah. than two okay. people. Okay, no, no, sorry, yeah, no, my bad. Yeah. I haven't played the original, I've just played Super Come player. on, man. Oh, wheels, come on. Sorry, man. I... Oh, just pressed a button. Great. So that's... <laughs> All that UI is now going to come up on screen, so that's yeah. good. Just hitting like the eject button. <laughs> eject, <laughs> Got eject. to get out of this conversation. <laughs> no, I did such a big uh, gesture that I accidentally knocked the keyboard. <laughs> right, cool. All right. I think that's pretty much all we have time for. But what do we have coming up over the next week on the video channel, Wheels and Lilies? <gasps> Well, <laughs> you know this happens every podcast by the time this comes out we'll have had a video a short video that i did on Frosthaven, uh the new game by cephalora games is that how you say it um <laughs> cephalopair i think cephalopair yeah. yeah i try um we'll have done a live live painting stream We'll, this is coming out Friday. Then it's the last episode of Deadlands on Saturday, 3 p.m. Before Say we go back to, to John, Dungeon Breaker, which awaits a little surprise. Oh! Um, I'm not saying anything more than that. And Sunday, we've got your list. Yeah, my videos. list is Solo RPGs that we, we talked quite a lot about at the start. So if you're interested in that, then come and join us for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. How exciting. How about, said, how about over... The website thing over on the website. Uh, yeah. There's uh, an interview piece now with Mark Rosewater, who's the head designer of Magic the Gathering. Um, kind of just running through. He's been there over twenty years. He's kind of after Richard Garfield, who created Magic the Gathering, uh, moved on from Wizards of the Coast. He kind of became like the public face of Magic, and has been in that position for a long, old time. Um, oh. But it was kind of uh, I spoke to him about just kind of his day to day life, and it's he is a he is someone that is absolutely just committed to that game. It's like he wakes up, he's answering questions on Twitter, he's doing polls. Cool. Uh, he then does his day job involved with Magic the Gathering, and then he goes home. He's recording a podcast about magic in the car. And he gets home, and in between doing things with his family, he's like writing a blog post about Magic the Gathering. And I finally found it's... my antithesis. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. He's and he's wow. like he's a really lovely guy to speak to. He's clearly full of passion. He really cares about the game and he cares about the people that play that game. Mm. Um, so I found it really interesting to chat with him. Um, so that's that's now live. Uh, we have a preview um, of the the latest D and D set coming up uh, from one Alex Meehan, who I've never heard of. Don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, I was wondering, I I was wondering when is. in the podcast Meehan would do her signature look to the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's becoming it's, it's becoming really a bit of a yeah. <laughs> It's uh, one of my calling cards. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Um, yes, uh, uh, mythic yes. odysseys um, thingy. So excited, <laughs> she's got no words. Left no, it's, beyond Pharos, be- like yeah, f- yeah, Pharos. That's it. Uh, it's based on the, the Magic: The Gathering expansion of the same name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sim- a similar name. Yeah, it's not exactly it, the same name, I don't think. So. It is. You know what it is. <laughs> uh, 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 based on like Greek mythology and stuff, which Ooh. I'm super into. Mm. Um, 
as the team knows. So I'm looking forward to talking about, you know, playing as like satyrs and and stuff. Cool. And speak, speaking of D&D, we have a fantastic list, also by one Alex Mean already on the website, which is of the best D&D board games. Yeah! Um, so go and check that out if you're looking for kind of a, a taste of D&D without having to go all in on, yeah, on just a little, campaign. Just a little nibble. Just how, many like of them, how many of them allow you to play as Minsk and Boo? Because that's pretty much my only requirement. <laughs> uh, there's Betrayal at Baldur's Gate, which I fit, uh, does It has a reference, yeah. And I believe there's a Baldur's Gate expansion for Dungeon Mayhem that adds yes, them as well. Yes, there is. Yes, so, yeah, there is. Yes, so more than one is the answer. Um, uh, there's also a, a great opinion piece, which went up, uh, I think it might have been last week at this point, um, by Matt Freer, kind of looking at legacy games, kind of in the wake of Risk Legacy, which is almost 10 years ago now, um, and then obviously Pandemic Legacy, and how... They kind of they had a lot of promise, but it hasn't always been fulfilled by a lot of the the games that came out. Um, mm. But also looking at Oath, um, which we also have a video of, um, which is is it you and I, Will, was chatting about Oath? Yeah, and your experience. Yeah, that was uh, today we played. We did together, wasn't it? Back yeah. before yeah. the end times. <laughs> Back before the end times. And what what publisher is releasing Oath? Leader games. games. Yeah. And what do we also have a video? See, look, this is like branching paths. It, it's all linking back around. Me and if we keep doing this, podcast will never end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we. They also they did Fort. They did Root. Um, so, but this yeah. yeah, this piece is looking at legacy games, and it's a really great read. And then we've got plenty more coming up uh, in the coming weeks. There's um, always more. Always there is always news, more. Uh, always more, more to plug at the end of this podcast. Um, but to avoid the plugging, we will end it there. So thank you very much for joining me, Alex Meehan. It it has been a pleasure, Mr. Jarvis. <laughs> thank you for joining Alex Lowley's. Thank you for having me on the eleventy-seventh episode of Eleventy Seventh. Just think. <laughs> <laughs> Surely, thank you, surely Will. just the 11th. Uh, yeah, no, thanks for having me <laughs> on the 11th podcast episode of uh, Dice Breaker Podcast. I've been Matt Jarvis. Everybody stay safe out there. Um, support Black Lives Matter when you can. Obviously, stay safe at protests uh, and amidst the pandemic. Um, and we will see you back here, same time next week, for the Dice Breaker Podcast. But until then, have a lovely day. Bye! Bye. Bye.